0: Hi, welcome to a new episode of The Owl's Nest. I'm your host Skylar Timmons. Joined always with me is Quentin Denny. What's up? Connor Cude. What's up, boys? And Nathan Price. Present. How you guys doing? Great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Things aren't too bad. It's, it's really hot here, though. It's so hot. Yeah, it is, it is swampy down here.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. I think it's been nine, plus 95 the last week that we've yeah. been here. Right in the middle of a homestand. Still have four more games left. As we're recording this, which is Monday afternoon.
2: Yeah. It's so hot, it's killing the grass in the outfield. I'm just kidding. It was bugs, apparently, but it looks like it could be heat. Yeah. And uh, and it feels like it, too.
0: And the place where we record this podcast, we have to turn off the AC so it doesn't pick up on the podcast, and it is just baking in here. Yep.
2: We're basically in an easy-bake oven in here, boys. (laughs)
0: We've got some cookies on the counter that are growing. It's good nasty, stuff.
2: Nasty
1: uncooked cakes. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. But
0: <laughs> we've well, we got a great are show. We've <laughs> yeah. we got a great show lined up for today. We'll have our typical Orem review where we'll talk about the past week and things that are going on well with the Owls. Then we'll have a little update around the league. Halfway through the show, we've got an interview with Jeremiah Jackson, Owls infielder. Great interview. It's it was awesome. He's a fun guy glad he was on and after that we'll have some community questions and then also back after the show we'll have we'll talk about the Hall of Fame weekend and some other topics in baseball so good show wind up. yeah, I'm excited. so let's there. move on. We got the game of the week. What do you guys have for that? Um, I think we're all in agreement
1: on this one so this last week did we go what did we go five and two or f- we went oh not five and two two and five. Nathan will give us our uh, official number over there. What, what happened this last week, Nathan?
3: Looks like we went 2-4 and four this last week.
1: Okay, 2-4. and four. So, the game that we are picking is Thursday the 18th, or Wednesday the 17th, sorry, when we played against the Idaho Fall Checkers on an away game, or away game, so at Idaho Falls, and a getaway game, which, if you know anything about getaway games in the minor leagues, they try and do them as fast as they can before they have to get on that five-hour bus ride home. That's so true. Yeah. So we picked this one just because it was one of those games where it was back and forth between us and Idaho Falls. Um, We had 15 hits, so that ties our season high. We had nine runs, and it seemed like everybody was producing in some kind of way, whether it be getting hits, getting on base, or putting those guys, getting RBIs, so bringing those guys home. So I think that's why that was, at least for me, that's why I chose this is game of the week it was the hits and the actually having to go back and forth and the lead changes.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Quinn, just because if you look, like you were saying, everyone really did something during that game. There was eight out of nine guys in the lineup had a hit, at least one hit in that game. And then it looks like we had, is it short home runs up there, Nathan?
3: I think we had four.
2: I think we had four that game.
3: We had one home run. That was by Mo Ryan. The next game, the next day was when we had okay. That's right.
2: But, I mean, even still, like, that's that's the thing we've been talking about here, though, is, like, it seems like we're only relying on home runs to get runs in, but that game is a testament to just get the ball in play. If you get the ball in play, then you can produce and you can get just get guys in. Just quit leaving them on base.
1: Exactly. I think Skylar is in agreement with us on this one, too. Nathan's probably also in agreement with us that
0: this is the game of the week. I don't know, Skylar. what did you see there? Uh, something that I liked a lot was our pitching wise, we only gave up one walk in that game, uh, which is, and it was at the end of the game. And so I don't know, but when you're pitching, that's something that kills you is walks. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not giving away those free bases like that, it, it helps you out a bit more. Uh, the Chuckers, they were, hit, they were hitting the ball, putting the ball in play.
1: So, I mean, you see the chuckers there. Our team is uh, known for getting a lot of walks. So that game where we are not walking, only walked one person, that helps us a ton, especially in a game like this where it's going back and forth and you have people who are trying to, like, fight for a lead. Uh, how many home runs did Idaho Falls have that game? It looks like a decent amount, actually.
3: We had three home runs that game.
1: We gave up three. Okay, so, I mean, you can live by giving up home runs if they're solo shots, and the fact that we didn't walk people on helps a lot in that. I think that might be the, I mean, underrated stat of the game was the fact that we only gave up one walk.
2: The other underrated stat of the game, we had two errors in that game, but we still managed to come back and win there at the end. So, I mean, sucks to have errors. You don't want to see it, but if you do have it, I mean, got to come back somehow.
0: Exactly. And something I've noticed, too, is just looking at those downings for that game and just a lot of other games, um, is we seem to end up giving up a lot of extra base hits. Because looking at that in that game, you kind of see that in a back-and-forth game, is that simply is a sign of a lot of extra base hits happening, Uh, balls in the gap, and getting a lot of doubles because the Chuckers had a lot. Luckily, the Owls had quite a few. And so that kind of leads to that back and forth where guys are getting on base, but it's in a relatively few number of pitches. And so things move quickly, but it's still it's adding up to a lot of runs. So you get that back and forth. So luckily the, the Owls were able to pin it down when they needed to to take the lead and then shut down the Chuckers with their bullpen and able to take the win.
1: One thing that I can just attribute, I, I mean looking at a team like the Owls in the – Pioneer League and the rookie leagues is a lot of these guys are fixing mechanical issues, fixing out like new grips on pitches or something like that. So maybe that's just like a lost location, a mistake or something like that that you get those extra base hits from. And I mean, that's just from what I think would be happening
0: in that situation right there. And something like that we see I love that kinda of moving to the to the eighteenth the next day when the Owls played at home against the Grand Junction Rockies. They ended up winning that one seven to three, and it was kind of a slug fest for us a bit, where we were putting up runs hitting the ball and putting it in play Mhm.
1: Yeah, that was one where that fourth inning, especially for us, we got four runs in it, and it just it was just us putting up big, big extra base hits and getting the home runs like we talked about. And yeah something
2: nice to see in that game, too, is that we actually had some runs late. In the game, it's for some reason the feel I've gotten from us is that we have like one really good inning, and then the rest are kind of like subpar. But it was nice to see that we had a great fourth inning, and then we were able to get some runs in later in that game as well in the seventh and the eighth innings. Mm -hmm.
1: So I mean, just to sum everything up here, it was just quality at bats, pushing guys over when we needed them to, and then bringing them in when they were in scoring position. So I think that attributed with the pitching also not giving up late inning runs when it mattered. So, for instance, that Idaho Falls game, when it's 7-7 or whatever it is, not giving up runs to give Idaho Falls more of a lead, but keeping us in that game. And you also have, I mean, we can just transition right now to the player of the week. You have Will Wilson, who in both those games, he combined for six for nine. So... That's fantastic. When you have guys like Will Wilson producing and getting hits like that,
0: having hitting streaks, which I think it's nine games now. He's got about eight or nine multi-hit games. Yeah. Um, So that also contributes to that streak when you've got somebody at the top of your lineup. He's typically hitting the leadoff for us. He's consistently getting on base, giving us opportunities to to get runners across, getting offense going. It's really huge for a team.
2: It's really cool to see, too, for Will Wilson. I mean, obviously, we know number one draft pick this year came straight to Orem, which is a little bit different, at least what I've seen in the past, where you, typically they spend him to, like, extended spring training, the number one picks like that, for either the rest of the season to just kind of train and rehab if they had any injuries, like coming out of college, things like that. But he just came straight here. And, I mean, that could be a long season for a kid just coming out of college. But he kind of struggled when he first got here. And now, I mean, he's going – Let's see, over his last eight games he's been hitting like four eighty six, and for just this month alone he's been hitting three sixty five. So good for him.
1: Are we all in agreement though? Player of the player of the week, Will Wilson. Definitely. Anyone have any
0: Nathan, any arguments over there?
3: I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like Will. <laughs> yeah.
0: Skylar? No, I I definitely like what he's doing. Um like I was talking about, just he's a good quality person to have at the top of your lineup. You know, and and he's doing really good and it's really Cause like we see, he's in three sixty five in July, four eighty six over his last night, over his last eight games. Like that makes a huge difference.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you've split eighteen hits in the
1: last eight games for him. That's that's crazy. So he's definitely bringing his average up to above three hundred, proving himself not only offensively, like you said, Skyler. Will Wilson was collegiate ACC defensive player of the year. So he's kind of bringing that here also, which for us, we're a very big ground ball team. A lot of our outs can come from the ground ball. So having someone like him in the middle infield to help JJ and also those two working together, which those two are pretty good friends, as you'll find out in the interview, that they talk about each other. And so just having someone like him on our team, who is, he's a little older, I think he's 21 is what he is, 20 or 21. So he's played three years in college to come here and help someone like JJ, like Adrian Rondon, Kevin Arias, to just help them defensively and also work together. I think that goes above the stats that you see on the paper.
0: Yeah. And so, just kind of, a, kind of a rundown as a team, how we're doing. We've hit 14 homers in the last 10 days. Team as a whole is hitting 302. In the month of June, we were hitting 244. And we've got a much better improvement in July. As so far, they're hitting 278. So that's a huge improvement that we've seen. Uh, we're still leading the league in strikeouts, but we are hitting the long ball. So we're only five behind the monster Ogden Raptors. <laughs> Those guys just continue to rake. Yeah. The, but he, <laughs> we'll see. We'll <laughs> see what happens. We play them three times this
1: this week?
2: Yeah, we have one game at home against them on Thursday. And then, yeah, we play them the next two days after that, and then they're traveling over to Colorado.
1: Yeah, so – make or break for us to see how we do against Ogden. Rocky Mountain comes in this week and they're kind of struggling a bit. We've seen them just starting to go further down the standings with their wins and losses, getting further below 500.
2: This is a pretty huge series for us to try to try to bump up in the stand, standings a little mm-hmm. bit, build up some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. So this
1: is this is one of those we need this series. We need to like do good against Rocky Mountain to give us transition to Ogden, to build th- up confidence and also be able to just Team
0: morale is one thing. And the key to that that I've seen is the stat here that we have is with runners in scoring position, the Owls are hitting 207, which that is not a good number. And we've seen it's mostly kind of these one innings where they have a big inning, and then it's just kind of struggling throughout the rest of the game. And so it's kind of that consistently getting guys in base and then getting that hit to drive those runners in that are in scoring position. Don't waste those opportunities because there's nothing worse with a guy hits a leadoff double or even a leadoff triple, but then he gets stranded there because it's either a couple strikeouts and then a grind out or ground out. And so if they can improve on those clutch situations of driving in runs, um, I think that'll, that'll help them in the long run of just moving forward in the standings and winning these ball games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just as a team for like pitching, we gave Will Wilson obviously player of the week, as all four of us are in agreement on that. As far as pitcher of the week, that's something that's completely different because we have, I'd say, like four guys who would be elite in the, as considered that for this week. They were elite this week. One of them being Zach Christofak, who, if you've ever seen him or know anything about him, he's the. George Drafty that we have, five foot eight, throws 92 miles per hour. This week, I think for him, would be my pitcher of the week, would be Zach Christofak, just for what he did. He came in, cleaned up innings. When Ryan Smith had a shaky inning this last week, Zach Christofak came in and basically had a hold. And as you can see in his numbers here, he's three innings pitched, zero ERA, and only a .67 whip which what that means is nobody's really getting on when he's in the mound for that inning.
2: Yeah, and I think I agree with you, Quinn, that I would definitely give him pitcher of the week. I would say if we're giving out awards willy-nilly, though, I think Shane Kelso is most consistent out of, yeah. out of the bullpen, really, because, I mean, he's now pitched a total of 10.2 innings with us with a 1.69 ERA and a 1.13 whip. I mean, and he's and he coming out of Oklahoma Baptist College.
1: Community is a community college.
3: Uh, so he played one year at Oklahoma Baptist, and before that, he played at a community college.
2: Okay. So just working his way up, just grinding, and I mean, he is definitely—I feel like the most consistent reliever that we have right now.
1: Mm, that's still on the team right now. One that I like too is Kelvin Monsion, starting for us. He's—he's he's been good. He hasn't given up a run, earned runs so far in his nine innings for the his nine innings pitched in the last two games. That point eight nine WHIP which means walks plus hits per inning pitched. That's that's crazy for a starter right now. So, Kelvin Montsione's also one to look at. I just like Zach Christofak because he came in, he's a bulldog, throws strikes, cleans up innings. He's he's got that mound presence for 5 foot 8, 5 foot 9. He just is a he mound presence to the watch mount. out for. He's a
3: stocky guy. Quentin, was the Bulldog a reference to the college he went to? Or that too. To the attitude He's a two-time he Bulldog. He's, He's an attitude. He's just a dog. <laughs> he
1: is a dog. Ask anyone on the team, they'll tell you. Zach Christofak. Ask just his comes biggest in. fans in the stands too.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, if someone that we don't have on our notes here, but someone that I liked is it um, was kind of a rough game pitching-wise on Saturday night here for the Owls, but I liked on Cole coming in you know, sort of in a mop-up role a little bit. But came in and was working hard, throwing strikes, getting outs, and was throwing some quality innings kind of in this emergency situations and getting some work in. So uh, I really liked how he was pitching the other night. And so we've seen the potential in the bullpen. They're still kind of struggling. Uh, they have sadly the worst ERA in the league for the bullpen at just about six runs, at about a six, And so – that bullpen, they're still working on things, figuring out their roles, figuring out themselves, and figuring out the league. But we definitely know there's potential out there. and We've all seen those glimpses of it, of guys will come in and just have strong innings. And then sometimes that's just the way the game goes is you come in and you just can't seem to get an out. So definitely there's some things that they can improve on. But they're on the up and up still. I mm-hmm. always believe that. Got to be optimistic. Yeah. but we'll move on right now. With Connor's got some updates here on some former Owls players. I want to chime in here for former Owls players. Uh, week one's
1: player of the week is no longer with us. Adrian Rondone has left us and got called up to uh, Burlington. So we'll give him a slow clap. Yay.
2: Congratulations to him. He just, he definitely deserved it for his performance, and it was interesting. Journey for him so far. I mean, he was he was playing in single A for the Rays organization, and then they released him, and we acquired him, and, and he was just a star here. So good for him.
1: Real good guy. He's easy to talk to, uh, but he deserves yeah. it. Deserves a call up.
2: Yeah, and hopefully he can he can keep hitting like he was in that pitcher friendly league over there. So yes, um, yeah. So an update on some former Owls just from last year. Um, I, you know, we talked about, we've talked about people like Tyler Skaggs. We've talked about people like Joe Adele. And, um, but just last year, it's, it's cool to see since we're on this topic of pitching and, and what can be done. I mean, last year we struggled with pitching – probably even more than we're struggling this year with pitching. And uh, so the first person I want to talk about is Luis Alvarado. He was a reliever for us last year, but he's now a starter over in Burlington. And for this year, he's 4-5, and five, his win-loss record, and he has a 2.76 ERA, uh, ERA. That's in 75 innings pitch. And that compared to last year, he had a 6.0 ERA. So, I mean, he's really brought that down with more innings pitched at that. And then with uh, last year, he only pitched 22 innings. And he had 30 strikeouts last year. This year, he's up to 82 strikeouts. So good for Luis. Good on him. Because, yeah, last year, he, he struggled a little bit on the mound coming out of the bullpen. But apparently, he's found his groove as a starter. So
1: Like you said, though, the Burlington low A for us is a pitcher-friendly league just yep. from where it's located. If I were to say the Pioneer League in general, you have places like Colorado, Montana, Idaho, Utah, this is definitely a hitter-friendly league. For sure. To where you have these high elevations, the Coors. Coors! <laughs> Coors. <laughs> they were yes. playing in the mountains. We're pl- Literally, the mountains are right outside the stadium. You can see them. 90% of the ballparks, I feel like, are high ele- elevation, and it's, it's a problem. So you go from somewhere like here to Iowa to where it's more sea level, mm-hmm. you definitely go pitcher-friendly. And it's good to see guys like that who struggled the year before go up to Burlington low a high a and they start to feel their grooves and understand that that's more pitcher
0: friendly yes yeah, it helps build their confidence because then it's like oh well maybe it isn't so much that I'm just awful at baseball is sometimes the environment does play it does play a factor um, and so it can help build their confidence when they go places like that. Also just getting
1: tired easier down here at or up here at higher elevation if your body's not physically ready which if you're coming out of college that can happen too. Yeah, and
2: I mean, a lot of these guys are also coming out of Arizona, which is a lot lower elevation too, so kind of plays a factor. Um, but the next guy I want to talk about is Kyle Tyler. So he was also a reliever coming out of our bullpen last year. He's now a starter in Burlington, and he's 5-0 and in the year with a 2.92 ERA, and – with 71 strikeouts in about 83 innings pitched. And last year, he had a 5.11 ERA. So, I mean, he was probably one of our best relievers last year, at least from what I saw. But, I mean, it's good to see that he's approved even more and moving into that starter position, that starter role, because he he only had 22 strikeouts on about 24 innings pitched last year. Now, with Kyle Tyler possibly breaking news, not totally sure. When I was doing my research this morning and trying to pull up some of these old stats from last year, I was looking on – all the rosters of every other team other than ours, because he, I didn't see him on Burlington, so I thought maybe he had gotten called up, but it looks like they've actually trans or er, put him on our roster. So he might be coming back to Orem. We might be seeing a return of Kyle Tyler back on the team. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. People move up and down injuries just to get him more work as yep. it's later in the season, and that's what the minor leagues are for, just getting reps. So if and he's not co- getting reps up there, which I mean, it looks like he is, yeah, but we don't know. So. I mean, he's a
2: young kid. He's only like 22, 23 out of Oklahoma University who got drafted last year. And uh, yeah, so we'll see We'll see exactly what happens with him. We're excited to see him if he's back. And, uh, I, you know, and it could be that he's here to just kind of help some of our guys out and, and show them what they need to be doing compared to what they are doing right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. All righty. Well, thanks. And It's always good to see our other guys doing well and improving in different areas and see them having success away from the Isles and keep moving up in their careers. Now we'll kind of shift over uh, to highlights around the league, whereas currently where the league stands today up in the Pioneer League in the north, Idaho Falls is still leading in their division by one game over Missoula. They're at 18 and 14 with Missoula at 18 and 16 with Great Falls just five games back at 13 and 19 and Billings at the bottom of their division at 13 and 21. So still a tight race up there, but we'll definitely see if things change, especially with the Chuckers still struggling and Missoula on the up and up. If you look at the last 10 for both those teams,
1: 4 and 5 for Idaho Falls, 5 and 5 for Missoula, so it still holds up. Those two teams, that whole division is just beating up on each other, kind of taking their breaks, trying to beat up on the south as much as they can. But at the top of the north,
0: it's very much a don't lose or else you lose your position. Lovely. And then update here in the south division, Ogden. They've already clinched the first half with the 27-7 and record, which is just incredible as they've – Got an eight-game lead over Grand Junction, who is 19-15, lost 10 games. For Ogden, nine and one, <laughs> and they're all, <laughs> that's incredible. That'd be nice, huh? I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've scored 289 runs this season so far, which the next closest is Grand Junction at 208. So they they've been putting up numbers. Rocky Mountain is 13 games back at 14 and 20 here in their first season. Their inaugural season in the Pioneer League. And then Orem is at 12 and 22. We're 15 games back. Mm
1: -hmm. The thing that I see there is
0: us and Rocky
1: Mountain, very close to each other. We play three games against them. We could take on their position, move from last place to third place in the South. So that's at least like a moral victory. Yeah, like we'll see what we can. <laughs> Hopefully, a we can, moral
2: victory. <laughs> yeah, at this
1: point, I mean, the first half has already been clinched. We're uh, we're not playing for this. We're playing for second half at this point. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Ogden Coors, <laughs> <laughs> what? <It's> the Dodgers. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just looking at highlights around the league from games that have happened here, um, ones that stick out have guys like Malashevsky who for the – is he with the Raptors? He's with the Raptors. Six innings pitched, only gave up three hits, no runs, eight strikeouts. So Malashevsky continues to do good, and that's because he's on Ogden. So <laughs> any, just point – throw a dart at any of their games. It's basically like a, a slugfest, or you're going to get a crazy stat line out of it.
2: Yeah, they, got, they definitely got some uh, good highlight reels for all those guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Something that's been sticking out to me is a lot of the Grand Junction Rockies – Players, we saw a couple of them while they are here, just barely in this last series. Oh, guys like Christian Koss and Ronikir Palma. Uh, Koss the other night had six RBIs here against the Owls as he went three for five. Um, he was just, you couldn't seem to get him out at all. And got Colin Simpson, Todd Isaacs, who just barely, Todd Isaacs just barely started playing with the Owls, or with the Rockies, excuse me, in these past couple of weeks. And... He's been doing phenomenal, uh, putting up a lot of numbers and hits. So I've noticed in the, the Rockies, they've been putting up a lot of offense, mm-hmm. which the Rockies organization as a whole, from the parent club down, uh, they're known for hitting. Yeah, exactly. Cost, was it Cost? Needed a single for the cycle
1: yesterday or Roughly Saturday's game? There. Yeah. Was cost needed a double. Need a double single. Uh, Palma here, three for five. Like you said, just. Big power numbers for these guys who come in here, and that's what they do. The Rockies, they know what they need. They know you come into Coors Field, you're going to be expected to produce hits and produce runs, so why not draft those kind of guys? And we're seeing it right now, just at the lowest level they have here. Um, for Grand Junction, their guys are putting up hits and power numbers.
2: Yeah, it doesn't help that their pitching is actually pretty decent, too, for, like we said, in an, an elite that's not exactly pitcher-friendly with the elevation. I mean, it's it's – they're, they're a fun team to watch, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you know we have Ogden in the same division as, a, as, as Grand Junction and ourselves. So you, we, like Quinn always says, they're just that powerhouse. But, I mean, Grand Junction putting up some numbers.
1: Mm-hmm. And one thing to look at for Grand Junction, speaking of their pitching, is the two guys that they have at the back end of their bullpen, which is kind of different that we've seen from many of the teams here in the Pioneer League. Uh, we had the chance to talk with Kyle, their play by play guy, and he says Grand Junction's probably, that he knows of, the only team here in this league who has two guys who are set closers slash setup guys who will alternate that closer position. So they usually only go one or two innings if they're winning. And we don't see that much in this league. So, I yeah, mean it's pretty Grand rare. Junction just, they're putting up, they're doing their own thing, really.
2: Yeah, and Ogden has their own chef. You don't see that. In the <laughs> yeah, you don't <laughs>
1: see
0: that in most minor leagues, actually. <laughs> you know, kind of talking about the Rockies, is, is looking at their lineups, too, is like they have very set lineups. Uh, it doesn't change much from day to day. Maybe guys will swap positions, but their batting order stays pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so you can just, they'll put in
1: like maybe one guy in if they're feeling tired or whatever, but it's usually the same guys getting the same
0: amount of reps. Yeah, and I think that's something we see around the league as a whole as they're starting to get into their typical lineups. The the Owls, they rotate quite a bit, mess with the lineup, just seeing what will work, giving guys different reps and different spots and positions, and just, you yeah. know, whatever works. So, I mean, just looking at this
1: next week in the league, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is to see that North division. Idaho Falls and it's Missoula. Will they switch? Is there going to be any new leader up at the North Divisions? So I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I don't know about you two or Nathan. Yeah, because I believe
2: the what was the first half end this Thursday or Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see who will clinch that like first spot, that first half spot. And I'm sure – I mean, are they? Pl- do, can you pull up the schedule? Are they playing each other this week? Pull
1: up Idaho Falls schedule. Yeah. But this is one of those where the playoff – the way the playoffs work here, I think we talked about this, is Let's go over it again real quick. the winner of the first half gets one the first spot in the division, mm-hmm. and the winner of the second half gets the other spot. So whoever had the best record in the first and second half, those two will represent that division. And so this is what we're seeing right here is Idaho Falls and Missoula are fighting for the first half spot.
2: Yeah. So it'll, it'll be definitely interesting to see, like especially if they play each other in these next few days. I mean – we could have we could have a, a bar brawl here boys
1: you'll see yeah uh, Skyler I don't know what you're looking for what
0: are you seeing this next um, this next week around the league yeah it's kind of the same thing I just like seeing these playoff races um, kind of seeing how the South will kind of regroup and figure out their game plan for the second half and kind of battle it out for that second spot yeah. and, and then we, up in the north it's that same just battling yeah I guess in the north what I'm seeing
1: is Idaho Falls so Idaho Falls and Missoula do play each other this week.
2: At Missoula, which makes it even more interesting.
1: Yes. <laughs> but like, in the South, it's can Orem beat Rocky Mountain and win a series at home <laughs> and then get out of that last place For spot? For the
2: first time this season. For the first time. <laughs>
1: and get out of this last place spot. But I think we're pretty much on the same pace. What's going to happen in the North Division?
2: Yep. yep.
0: There's definitely some exciting things happening in the Pioneer League. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We've got the interview with Jeremiah Jackson we're all lined up for you. It's a pretty great interview, and afterwards we'll have community questions to start us off. So stick around for that. We'll be back in a bit. All righty, we're here back on the Owls Nest. We're joined by Owls player Jeremiah Jackson. Jeremiah, how are you doing today?
4: I'm good. How are you guys doing? doing Thanks good. for having me.
0: Doing, like, doing pretty good. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I guess we'll start off with Connor. connor has got the first question for us.
2: Yeah, so Jeremiah, what's it like to be good at baseball?
4: <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a hard sport, and, um, you know, it's good to, to be able to come out and compete and um, love the game. For just...
2: sure. As uh, three high school husbands, we're, uh, you're living our dream right now, so yeah, it's congratulations nice. to you. It's okay. <laughs>
4: yeah. So
1: my question is how fun was it for you to play high school baseball?
4: High school baseball was a good time. Um, I knew all those guys since you know seventh grade, so to be able to grow up with them and then you know play with them was awesome. it was really fun. Yeah.
1: You also played on a lot of like the the circuit, the showcase circuits. Was it usually the same guys you were playing with?
4: Um, I mean, you would see a lot of the same I would see a lot of the same guys at similar most of the events. I mean there was a few new guys every once in a while, but mainly very much the same guys.
0: Yeah, kind of like looking at your, your stats from your high school days, it always just looked like you were playing, like, MLB the show on rookie mode. Like, it just – looking at your numbers, it seemed like it was really easy for you. Did it feel like it at the time, or is it just kind of a hindsight thing?
4: Well, I mean, it was it was definitely fun for sure. And, um, you know, baseball is not easy, so I'm not going to say it was easy. But, you know, a lot of hard work got me there. That's all I can really contribute it to.
0: And it definitely looks like it paid off and everything. Yeah, I mean – like, you could
1: look at your numbers in high school, and a lot of people would think, yeah, he was just gifted, walked to the field every day, just hit 647, a couple home runs. But what was your preparation like for playing, and has it changed?
4: Uh, I mean, really just since day one when I started playing baseball, it's always been, you know, work hard, grind, um, get to hopefully the big leagues one day and succeed. So that was always the main goal. So, I mean, the work ethic's still the same as it always been you know, through high school and now in pro ball. What
2: age was it when you decided, all right, I'm going to be a pro baseball player? Uh,
4: I mean, really growing up, I was always, you know, pretty good at the sport. Um, Everybody knew I had a lot of talent and had a future with it possibly. So, you know, just being able to, you know, keep my head on straight and not really listen to all the hype and just, you know, play hard. I would say it's probably around, probably Somewhere around my freshman year, I guess. Somewhere around theirs, and exactly. I kinda knew that's what I wanted to do.
2: Nice. And uh I had another question for you. Oh yeah, is there any other sports that you played like growing up besides baseball that you thought about maybe that was a career path as well?
4: Yeah, so I, I played soccer at a really young age and I mean it was fun, but I do I didn't have any future in that obviously. So I um you know, picked up basketball and I mean baseball's really just been the sport ever since I can remember.
1: Can you dunk a basketball? Yeah. What's it I like? Can, for <laughs> three husbands who can't dunk a
2: basketball? No, it was... Uh, I can touch the net really good. Yeah, <laughs> I can hit right. No, up. it was
4: definitely a pretty cool accomplishment to do. You know, finally getting it in there was What was, was the first thing. time? Uh, first time I did it was freshman year.
2: Dang it. High school? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Dang geez. it. Yeah, okay. That
1: that explains why we're still... Uh, we're the ones doing the interviews here. Yeah, He's that's playing when we started podcast stuff. and
2: didn't play pro sports. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can't dunk.
1: Yeah. So, but you played for Team USA, and was it the U18, U18 team?
4: No, it was 15. 15 okay, so yeah. what
1: experience was that like? Because you're, I mean, that's a young team, young guys playing yeah. for Team USA.
4: I mean, it was awesome. Uh, we went to Mexico, which was fun, which was uh, something new for sure, and um, just amazing, and it's such a honoring experience to be able to, you know, rep the our, our nation.
2: Is it the only foreign country you went to? is Mexico?
4: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've only been yeah, so oh, okay. I've been. That's cool. How how many teams were there? Uh I think like eight maybe. Something like that. It wasn't a bunch. Yeah.
2: That's cool. So, growing up, I mean, you're in Alabama, right? So you're kind of near like the Braves and things mm-hmm. like that. So what what team did you root for while you were growing up?
4: So actually my granddad so so my base my family is a huge baseball like family we love baseball ever since I mean everybody in the family loves baseball. So, my granddad's originally from um, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh. So, we grew up Cardinals fans for the like longest time. Yeah, All so. Right. I mean, it, it was it was pretty cool to, um, you know, because when Pool got traded, we were really bummed out about it. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, same. a few years later, <laughs> and we got drafted by the same team and got to meet him a few times. So, it's actually been really cool. Oh, it's really
2: cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So, would you say Pool Holes was one of your, like, idols growing up?
4: Most definitely, yeah. We were huge, huge Pool Holes fans.
2: Nice. Is there anyone else that you say was like kind of like your baseball role model, like who you always kind of like aspired to be like?
4: Yeah, uh, Derek Jeter, a huge one. Um, just the way he carries himself on and off the field is a huge thing for me and, and be able to see somebody do that's like, dang, I want to be able to make an impact not only in baseball but outside of baseball too like he does. I think and
1: Derek Jeter is like every shortstop or every baseball kid. For me, even growing up too, I watched Derek Jeter, and he like 20 years playing with the Yankees is it's no joke. And like how good he was for all those years too. Like I feel like he was the go to guy for at least our
0: age group too. Yeah, so. uh, he
4: he's awesome. Really good guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely made a huge impact on all even even still today, like the major leaguers. I remember Troy Tulowitzki when he was with the Rockies. Like that was when when he was good and wasn't hurt all the time, like he wanted to go go to the Yankees, they thought he would mm-hmm. replace Derek Jeter and eventually he's made it there. He's on the I L right now, but I know he, we definitely see that impact even in these mm-hmm. young players today like you.
4: Yeah, no, he's 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 done a lot for the game, and I was fortunate enough to actually meet him during a workout, um, before the draft. Whenever he was in Miami, I did went to go there, and I got to meet him. He was a really good guy. Nice,
1: wow. Is there any like former players who may have been retired? Who's like the biggest one, biggest star you've met, or has it been Albert Pujols?
4: Um, probably the biggest star i have been Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty big star.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, that's fair enough. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So, take us through your draft day and what that experience was like.
4: Uh, draft day, that was, that was something special. Um, you know, we had barbecue at my uncle's house. Uh, family, friends were there. Um, just the anticipation, I guess, of it was just, was just, was just fun. You know, everybody kind of just nervous and waiting to see what was going to happen. Uh, it was a great atmosphere for sure. There was a few stressful moments, of course, but, I mean, it's part of it. It's what makes it fun. And uh, just to be able to hear about a name called by the Angels was just by far the best experience ever.
1: Who called you and told you?
4: Actually, so Epler called my agent, and then my agent Your called agent me. called you? Yeah.
1: That's I mean, we think about – because we talked to Corey Snyder, and he was drafted fourth overall, and we talked to him about his draft experience. It was basically a call hung up and went back on Tuesday. <laughs> and now we see people who have these huge parties and have these big gatherings and just see how baseball has kind of evolved to – it's a big family thing now, even especially. Yeah,
4: for sure. I mean, you got kids who are working so hard, and, you know, family are a huge part of the success, especially for me. So just to have them experience that with me is something I really wanted to do, and it was a really big deal to me.
0: And so you mentioned your family there. We know uh, your mom's very vocal and mm-hmm. very active on, on social media and with the Owls. Uh, what role has she played in, in getting to where you are today?
4: And know uh, she's awesome. Um, you know, couldn't be here. Couldn't be anywhere near where I am without her. Uh, she's played such a huge role in showing me and teaching me a bunch of things growing up, you know, about being strong and, you know, being able to do things for yourself and help yourself out whenever you can, but also give back to people and uh, people who have had huge impacts on you. So, yeah, she's been huge huge, huge um, role model for me.
0: Still your biggest fan, I bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever tell her to tone it down or you just let her be?
4: No, I just let her have the fun. You know, it's fun uh, being out there. She kind of promotes me in a way i guess yeah, so, yeah.
2: that's true yeah, that's awesome we love seeing her on, active on mm-hmm. our social media I because mean, i'm director of social media and right. so it's always nice when we can have someone who oh, likes yeah. to share everything that we share and share in our celebration of the team so oh, yeah
4: so definitely the people in mobile know how the owls are doing that's yeah, for sure. yeah. <laughs> got a big fan base down in yeah. alabama
1: okay <laughs> so when we are talking about the owls and your time here with the owls so this is your second second year kind of yeah. here
4: yeah, it's like one and a half. Yeah, something like that.
1: But what improvements have you made going into spring training and getting like a full year under your belt from yeah. this year compared to last year?
4: I mean, really, the huge thing um, is just being able to take care of my body with you know all the games and like the heat, especially being in Arizona. and, You know, doing this every single day, you gotta you gotta learn a routine. So I mean, I would say like especially guys who are wanting to enter the draft this coming up year, you know, play pro ball, you just gotta be able to. Know what your body needs to keep going and uh, hydration is a huge thing and um, really the biggest adjustment was for me it was just kind of like being able to say all right i need to do this i need to get this done before i can you know go out there and play so that's i mean that that was really the main thing from last year to this year that i've that i've worked on
2: all right so that being said, you know you you played on the Owls last year. Saw how that team kind of was for about half the season, right. or half of our season. And about then, a
4: month of it, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then you transitioned to this where you have played from the beginning of the season. Right. What would be? What would you say the biggest difference is playing for someone like Stapes and playing for someone like Jack?
4: Uh, you know, they're both great guys. Um, love having both of them as a manager. Um, you know, they know a lot about the game. Uh, Jack, being an infielder, he's been able to help me a lot throughout the whole you know, infield process, along with. Some of our coordinators, info coordinators. Um, so, yeah, Stapes, he was really good at making sure that we uh, kept ourselves accountable. So, um, I can – I got to learn a lot from him. You, with you lose a lot
2: of money with Stapes?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, a little <laughs> bit. I, I wouldn't say a lot, but <laughs> – Not a lot. A Not as much as some other guys. <laughs> right, yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just wanted to we, – because we're talking about the Owls, but we have some quick-fire questions that we want to ask you mm-hmm. just to wrap up this – this quick interview with you so it's just what comes to your mind so you're signed with Adidas right mm-hmm. so we saw on your twitter these cleats up here these Adidas Yeezy oh, ones yeah. what was the story behind those
4: uh so actually i was just scrolling through instagram and um some shoe company or whatever was giving like a free giveaway you know like follow this like this retweet blah 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 and i didn't want to go through all that so i actually just screenshot and sent it to my um my equipment guy with uh, MVP Sports, and I was like, hey, do you know how I get my hands on these? He was like, yeah, I got you. He was like, they'll be out in a few weeks. So, actually, our agency has somebody who does, like, the spray paint, stuff like that, and, like, paints, cleats, and customizes them. So, luckily for us, they were, you know, up and going. I got them before spring training.
1: Would you ever wear those in a game?
4: Yeah, I wore those in in the spring training games, and then whenever I jicked one time for a big league game, spring training, I wore them, too. That's when they blew up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got a bunch of – Bunch of hype from that. Who's got yeah. the
2: best cleat game on the team? Who? Besides you, yeah. Who's got the best cleat game? Uh, I'd
4: say Nosey? He's, Nosey? Yeah, he's Nose. got some some Jordan's here. Yeah, that was nice.
1: Dang. Jerry L's got some good he's got yeah. some good heat on his feet too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we have you have to have one that's nice and two would be second hand. Glove, cleats, or bat. Which one of those do you pick to be your nice and which one is second hand out of those?
4: um nice as in like like like, looks like it's like looks good plays nice oh um that'd be my my bat
1: yeah
4: Um, I'm a but I'm a huge feel guy so like it's got to feel right like the bat has to feel good in my hands like there'll be times before games where I go up there and grab all my bats and see which one feels the best and that's the one I'm using for the day
1: is it really different on the day like, a bat will feel different from one day to another? Sometimes.
4: I mean, sometimes, I mean, after, like you playing all these games, day after day after day, you, you know, some days you'll be a little bit more tired than other. So, the days where I'm extremely tired, i probably go to like a lighter bat, something not as, as in-loaded, kind of more like balanced, just to, you know, make it a lot easier to swing. Yes, yeah. so, I understand yeah. that.
1: After one day in the cage, we feel the same way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I really wish I had that problem, which bat I had to choose. Okay, so moving away from baseball a little bit, i got a would you rather for you. Would you rather have to eat McDonald's at least once a day for an entire month, but you have to eat McDonald's once a day, and you can pick any meal you want, or you have to eat McDonald's three times a day, so every meal – from or sorry, no, I messed it up. Would you rather eat McDonald's one time every single day for a year, or would you do it like every meal for a month, but then you can eat whatever you want for the rest of the year?
4: Uh, I'll probably do. I mean, one time a day isn't bad. McDonald's isn't that bad <laughs> to me. So, I, mean, I wouldn't mind having McDonald's. Saying so you do it's it once cheap. a day for
2: a whole year. Yeah, I'd How do would that. the trainers feel?
4: uh that'd be that'd be a problem I'd I'll get, say after we just talked about taking care of your body yeah, like, you that's yeah. a day for a whole year i'd be getting oh. a lot of phone calls from that
1: nutritionist <laughs> 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 james wouldn't be happy no Peggy not at all lose her head oh yeah <laughs> is there one thing one item that you can't live without right now
4: uh it probably have to be my phone you know especially being away from the family so much just kind of i mean it kind of suck to not be able to keep in touch with them especially the the girlfriend of course but um you know, my phone for sure I'd have to have.
2: So, hot take. Is there a ring coming for this girl?
4: Uh, I mean, <laughs> I got a few more years before Are you listening? That. Are you listening right now? <laughs> yeah. You missed out on uh, our diamond
0: dig last night. You could have got one. <laughs> and uh, I'm,
4: I got some time before I think about that. I got a few things to, you know, figure out first. So. That's
2: true. You got to get a couple more Jeeps before you get a ring, right? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So, we got another random question here. If you were stranded on a desert island, what two teammates would you have with you? Would you like to have with you?
4: Uh, I'd say Deshaun and Will. Why is that? Because Deshaun is just goofy. Uh, he's funny. <laughs> he's funny to guy to be around. And I feel like Will would be – he would know what to do. He would know, know what to do? He'd be like, all right, <laughs> guys, guy we, need, off uh, the yeah, we need to uh, make sure this he, – he'd probably stay on top of us about – you but and me, Deshaun me, off in the side. Exactly. Will me me and Deshaun will be doing something, and we'll be the serious one trying to keep us all, <laughs> you know, calm and smart about everything.
1: That's funny. I like it. That's a good game plan. <laughs> Deshaun could probably help too. That's
4: true. Yeah. Probably. If you're on an island, I guess he did grow yeah. up in the Bahamas, so yeah, he, he knows miss. what to do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so here's a, a weird question. We Googled. We're just doing some research beforehand, and we Googled. Do you know about a Jeremiah Jackson who was he's on death row? Anything about that? Uh, okay, so we, we saw that, and it just made us think, what would your last meal be, or what's the one go-to meal if you had one? Uh,
4: probably something for my mom, something she cooked. Probably her like rice and chicken or something like that. Ooh. That'd, that'd probably be yeah, most definitely her rice, rice and chicken. Just rice and
2: chicken, or you got any like side dishes you want to go? I mean, this is a, you can have a whole of I mean, array of lots I mean, I'd
4: go rice, chicken, some cheese dip. Um. I mean, she when she cooks, she cooks. She <laughs> goes out. She you have a huge spread of things. So yeah. All right. Okay. So I'd be I'd be pretty pretty satisfied with there a go-to to dessert? You know. Um, I'm I'm actually not a huge dessert guy you know i don't really like dessert for something mean, i like dessert but i'm not really huge but if i had a pick one it'd probably be a chocolate cake because we were actually talking about chocolate cake the other day and that made me really want chocolate cake so.
2: <laughs> i'm saying i'm not really a dessert guy like my wife can eat dessert mm-hmm. all day long yeah, but same. mine's soda i can drink soda all day long but dessert i'm not it's not really my thing like
1: yeah, yeah connor does drink soda all day long hey <laughs> secrets okay is double dipping ever acceptable
4: I don't see why not. Really? I'm, I'm cool with it. If I someone mean,
1: grabbed a chip and went to your mom's cheese dip or whatever it is. I mean, it dips. depends.
4: Like family, I mean, it's whatever. But like if we guys were in the, clubhouse. in the clubhouse, if, you know, somebody would go double dip the hummus, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about that. <laughs> so, yeah, <that'd laughs> you can call them out. Oh, yeah. I, I'd definitely <laughs> say something for sure. But I don't, I don't think we'd have any guys that would do that. So, I mean, I think I should be good. All
2: right. There you go.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jeremiah. We definitely appreciate the time having you here with the Owls and joining us here on the Owls Nest. Uh, best of luck to you and all that you're doing and continue with your good success.
4: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thank you. And we're back
0: here on the Owls Nest. You just finished listening to the interview with Jeremiah Jackson. Which, it was a pretty good interview. I, he's a good guy. It was fun. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: he's, a, he's a way good kid. I mean, for someone who's drafted second.
0: Over, in the, or second round. Se,
2: second round. Sorry, not second overall, but second round by the Angels. I mean, just humble guy, funny kid. It's a great yeah. kid.
1: Still, still 19 years old. 19, yeah, 20? Yeah,
2: 19.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so still a, a big future ahead of him. Still so got his whole life in front of him. Connor putting the pressure on him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Asking those hard-hitting questions like, when are you going to get engaged when he's 19? <laughs> yeah, But that was a great interview, and we look forward to uh, interviewing more of the Owls players. We have some interviews lined up for next week and future interviews, so stick around with us. We've got some good uh, interviews coming
0: up. And along with that, that kind of moves us over here. We'll do our community questions yeah. part so, of this segment. We had a few... Many of you will comment and DM and, and share questions with us on our social media. Uh, it's Oram Owls on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And we thank you for all those that participated in it. And we've we'll got a few questions here that we want to go over and we'll pick one of the winners to win a Jeremiah Jackson signed ball.
2: Yeah, yeah. and we will announce that over social media later. Yeah, but yeah, Nathan sweet. has those
0: questions for us
2: today.
1: So go away, Nathan.
3: Yeah, at RetiredRedRed on Twitter asked us, does a prospect's age have anything to do with how quickly they proceed through the farm system, or is it strictly talent and team needs?
0: That's a really good question.
1: I think this is just from me looking at minor league systems across different teams. Age is something that they aren't really looking at too much, and you see it more now is you have guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, and... Ronald Acuna Jr., these kids, they're 20 years old, and they're playing in the major leagues. So as baseball has progressed, I don't think age is as big of a factor as its team needs and performance. So if a guy like Joe Adele, who's hitting three forty at AA right now, he could be in Salt Lake soon just because he's producing so well. He
2: would be in Salt Lake tomorrow. He 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 should be in Salt Lake tomorrow.
1: (laughs) But you have guys who they just move through it because – one, they're really good, or two, you see a need in the minor league organization, whether it be pitching, hitting,
0: catching, whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a lot up to the the great player development parts of all of these major league clubs. They play a big part in their scouts and looking over, make sure guys are developing the way they need to. Um, so yeah, like Quinn saying, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with age. Um, it's just that that team needs and, and how they're performing and. You can definitely tell some players, like some that can make it all the way up. There's a different, definitely a maturity, too, and mentality. Um, there are some players that, yeah, they're really young, but they have that big league mentality. They're mature for their age, which can also play a factor. Personally, in well, my beliefs, you see some of these guys that are, are making it up to the big leagues at 18, 19, 20, they have that big league mentality, and you can tell <laughs> – but even like us, look, we even sometimes forget how old some of the players are here on the Owls that we look at, you know, like just Jeremiah Jackson, kid's 19. and
2: He's more of a man than I yeah. have been in years. So. <laughs> but um, I mean,
1: Corey talked about this last week in our interview with Corey Snyder, that in the minor leagues, like you would stay there for a while and they were scared to bring people up until five years in the minor leagues and you had proved that you could get through there. But now it's less of that and more of, We'll bring you up when you're ready.
2: Yeah, and from what from what I know from being with the organization for a little bit now is that it, the plan f- for the most part generally in the minor leagues is it's about a four-year plan. Is Every year you should be moving up a level and then eventually getting to the majors. But, I mean, I think it, just adding to what you guys have been saying is that it also has to do a lot with experience and the experience that they've had so far because with someone like Deshaun Knowles, I mean – Someone like Deshaun Walls, he's he's still really young, and so to move him up too quickly could be a mistake. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so it just depends on need and how good they are.
3: Yeah.
0: Next question.
3: <laughs> this one comes from Ryan W. Norton, eighty-two, and he says, "I've always wondered the reason why you spell your team name with a Z and not an S."
1: Connor. What do you guys guys think first? Resident full time employee here. I think I
2: know the answer, but well what I've been told. What do you guys think? It's I don't know.
1: I mean like minor league, you want to be kinda quirky about like your mascot, your promotions, how you do things. Yeah. (laughs) Vibes, they're a toasted marshmallow. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. (laughs) But I think it's just to be like something different. Owls with an S isn't as doesn't pop off as much on the paper as with a Z, so it's just something different. Because cool kids and gangsters
0: use Z instead of S, homies. True. Wow, how
2: do you know? No, so <laughs> what I've been told, at least, I don't know if I've gotten the full story, but from what I've been told, it's because, like, we have, like, the jazz with a Z and the Bs, and and anyway, it just kind of pops and sizzles with that Z. So that's what I've been told. I'm not sure the full story, but.
1: Yeah. Next question, Maestro.
3: All right. At It's All By Grace on Twitter says, why can't the Pioneer League have a longer season?
1: Um. St- the Pioneer League is meant to be, an inst- it's basically an instructional league that is a Pioneer League. So a lot of these guys are coming out of college, and instead of holding them back for a year and they're not playing baseball for a year, they put them straight from the draft, straight from college into a league. And so if we had a league that started the full year, it's just logistically
0: doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah, since the draft happens in June, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you're, get, you're getting guys straight from there over to here. And so, if they start in like with the regular season, you're gonna miss out, a lot, guys, because they're still in, they're still playing, mm-hmm. either high school or college. Yeah. And so,
2: that's exactly what I was gonna say. Lines with the draft, and then you also got guys like at extended spring training that need somewhere to go where they didn't fit in with the the other teams. And so, yeah, it's just short season ball. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, it gives them a it's a very sampled taste of what it's like to play professional baseball. When you're only playing half a year, it's not as strenuous or too stressful on the players who are coming from college or some of them high school, different countries. So it kind of gives them a tutorial of how to play professional baseball and what it's like to play professional baseball.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a long season for those guys. Like we were talking about Will Wilson, who just came straight from North Carolina State to here. Like it's a a long season for those guys that come straight from college. He's
0: been playing since like January, February. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All
3: right, next question comes from at – Ainsworth underscore Jake. He wants to know, with Osprey Baseball rebranding, what do you guys think the new mascot should be for Missoula? <laughs> uh,
2: the desert wasteland? I don't know. I don't know much about Montana. I know they have really uh, beautiful skies. Oh, Montana's beautiful. Yeah. Montana's I've, I've actually beautiful. never really been to Montana, but I know they have really beautiful scenery. So maybe the clouds? I don't know. I could tell you I'm it the is The cla- clouds? <laughs> <laughs> It is
1: not a desert wasteland. The osprey—I think that's their state bird or something like that. If you've looked at their mascot and the logo, it definitely needs a change.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they made that logo in (laughs) 1970. As
1: far as names, maybe the bigger Rockies, the better Rockies. (laughs) (laughs) Skyler, what do you think? Isn't that where Juicy Lucy's is, or is that Billings? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, what did Michael say? He said that was Billings or something like that? Yeah, like the weird little Burger Shack. Yeah. <laughs> they could be that at the Juicy Lucy's. I don't know <laughs> how Wisconsin, I don't know how Wisconsin <laughs> or Minnesota, those guys would feel about that. <laughs> um, what is the late Montana Lakes? Something weird? Yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't, I don't I mean, know. That's a I mean, hard one because there's not really much to Montana. I don't know the, the Montana cows because there's like more cows <laughs> than people in Montana, right?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I just Googled some facts about Missoula. Maybe there's some... Them things they can get. They've got a a carousel for Missoula. is a merry-go-round with handcrafted wooden ponies. So they could be the Missoula wooden ponies. <laughs> that would be amazing. So you
1: got the Billings Mustangs and the Missoula wooden ponies. <laughs> That's it. We've we've One solved of those their is problem. One better than the other. We'll or, let you decide. We've also solved got their problem.
0: A, <laughs> uh, <laughs> trails cross rugged cross rugged mountain. Uh, Was it Sentinel and Mount Jumbo? Nothing so beats wooden The Missoula ponies. Jumbos too. Nothing the beats wooden jumbo
1: ponies. Mountains. Jumbo Rockies.
0: Yeah. Jumbo Rockies. (laughs) But nothing beats Wooden Ponies. I think Wooden Ponies wins. Wooden Ponies is a winner. Mm -hmm. Easy. So give us your best mock ups and send them in to the Owls. (laughs) Yes. Or Missoula. Don't send them to 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 us. We were having some
2: competition earlier about it anyway.
3: Yeah. All right. On Instagram, Dr. Johnson asks How can we improve the bullpen? We've kind of already talked about this today, but what else can we do?
1: Uh, improving the bullpen here is hard i mean you can't really add people you can i mean arizona you can get people to arizona or bring people down from burlington who may need more reps but a lot of it is just repetition i think that's the biggest thing to do is as the season goes on they'll be more consistent and
0: will be better overall yeah and just execution just make sure you're you're throwing strikes pounding the zone and keeping the ball low hit your locations I think that's where the most damage comes from is you lose control and they're not able to, to hit locations and such. And so you miss a location, leave it up, it gets smacked out. So I think that's one thing. Just continue to work on those executions and, and working on their pitches.
2: Yeah, I think another thing... Just real quick, is confidence because I mean, we keep talking about these stats like, oh, we're the worst bullpen in the league and things like that in terms of ERA. I mean, they probably also know that going into this. And so I think, and it doesn't help that we've been on some losing streaks lately. So I, I just think confidence is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: All right, last question. And this one's for Quentin. Oh. At OJ Carrasco asks, can Corey Snyder still throw it from the fence?
1: It <laughs> uh, depends. What fence are we talking about? Deep center? No. Left field here, 303. I think Corey Schneider's got it. Dugout
2: fence? Maybe. Dugout fence? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think Corey, what do we, let's say, I think Corey could probably throw 200, and 200 feet. I think that's what he's got.
2: I'll still give him 250.
0: 250? Yeah. 251. I'll price is it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Take that, Skyler.
2: We have seen
1: Corey do some long toss and some throwing. He's still got it. He's still got it. Yeah.
0: Well, we even see, like, I don't think those skills ever leave these former players. We just had Legends Night here with, and Pirates legend Vern Law came. Through strike. No. Only dude, he hasn't played since, what, the 60s? 1960
2: was when he won the World Series. 69 was his last year or something like that? Yeah, I think 67, 69, something like that. Nice. Yeah. Just
0: came out here, just threw it. Absolute strike!
2: Yeah, he threw out he threw out the ceremonial first pitch along with like five other guys, and the guy, the player that I talked to that caught it from him is also a pitcher on the team, Jerry O. Rivera. And man, he's like he threw an absolute strike, didn't even warm up at all, just right over the plate. Yeah. So yes, eighty-some years old, Vern Law. Shout out to him.
1: Corey can throw it from a little league fence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much to all those that. That send us in questions. Sorry we didn't get to all of them, but we definitely appreciate it. And we'll announce the winner of the Jeremiah Jackson signed ball uh, later this week on social media. So stay tuned for that and follow us. at uh, Mouse, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. LinkedIn. Uh, Tinder? Uh, so don't find. T- yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have that one, but we do have a blog. So. We don't
1: have an official one, but Skyler, you want put- to?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hoots the owl?
1: Hoots is married. Stop it. Yeah,
2: sure. Rally. is on the up and up.
1: Yeah, Rally, the kid. <laughs> Rally. Holly would not like you soliciting Hoots's <laughs> Tinder
2: or Rallies for that matter. His, that's his mom. True.
1: <laughs> okay, on to less creepy topics. Uh, so, Hall of Fame week was Sunday. Sunday was the induction to the Hall of Fame for guys like Edgar Martinez, Mike Mussina. You had Mariano Rivera going in there, uh, Roy Holiday, who has passed on, but he, a deserving Hall of Fame inductee as well. For sure. So, Nathan proposed the question, talking about, this is basically Nathan's little segment right here, Hall of Famers who played in the Pioneer League. Uh, Nathan, do you have one that stands out to you? I see one there that you might like to talk about.
3: Uh, Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of great guys that played here in the Pioneer League to start out with. Um, It's interesting being able to go back online and find their pictures. Um, I'm going to have to go. I think the interesting one was Trevor Hoffman for me just because he was here as a shortstop, not as a pitcher, Uh, which if you know Trevor Hoffman got in for being one of the greatest closers of all time.
1: True. I thought you were going to go the Dodgers route, Pedro Martinez, even though he didn't stick with you guys.
3: <laughs> he moved yeah.
0: on to bigger and better things. I mean, looking
3: <laughs> we're not mad, we're just not on speaking terms.
0: They're just disappointed.
3: <laughs>
1: okay, dad. Yeah. Trevor Hoffman, what is I mean, you look at his stats when he was at Billings. Nothing like super impressive. So as a shortstop, it's a good thing he figured out how to throw a changeup. Otherwise, he would be in the minor leagues a lot longer. And in the Hall of Fame, a lot less.
0: <laughs> you mean not at all. Exactly. Non-existent. <laughs> a lot less. A, a lot, lot less
1: than, yes. But, I mean, you guys, should we just go through the list? Skylar, you want to just go through that list of yeah, Hall of Famers? Yeah, so Fos? the list
0: that we have here, oh, we've got Bobby Cox on here, Frank Roberts Robinson, uh, George Brett, Pedro Martinez, uh, Ryan Sandberg, Trevor Hoffman.
2: We also have uh, Andre Dawson, too. Oh, there, he played for the Lethbridge Expos back in 1975. So, some so pretty. Burton Law had already won a World Series by then.
1: So, looking at this, you have Cy Young winners in Pedro Martinez. You have multi-MVP winners in Frank Robinson and George Brett. And then you have just dominant closer, Trevor Hoffman. So, you have yeah, interesting huge names.
2: Know, something interesting to know about Bobby Cox is he was voted in the Hall of Fame as a manager. So, great coach as well. And and team
1: Mm -hmm. manager. Frank Robinson, one of those guys we lost this year who – great player, manager, and player at the same time. So player, manager, pinch hit for himself, hit a walk-off home run. (laughs) I would love (laughs) to see that come back. That would be awesome. You see someone like – I was going to say Jeremiah Jackson who says, no, 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 hey, uh, Morgan, Morgan, sit down. Morgan, sit down. I think – I need to hit this. <laughs> it hits a walk-off home run.
0: Yeah, you don't see that at all. That was a great managerial move by myself. <laughs> put me in the game. Those Sell post-game five.
1: interviews. Those post-game interviews would be great. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just thought I needed to hit that. I knew I had this. But yeah, so Hall of Fame weekend came up. It's uh, we'll see who comes in for next year and see how the list change if the list changes at all. Is Pioneer League starts to get more of its players into the major leagues. I know teams like our organization, the Owls, have only been around since 2001, when we were the Provo Angels. So we'll see as guys who have come through our organization as they play more uh, where they'll go.
2: Yeah, and I mean we already have a, a we already have a great list of uh, guys that have come through here on their first stop essentially to the majors and. I mean, I think we have, at this point, over 700, seven, close to 750 guys that have come through here at some point or another and now have made made it into the majors, made it, at least made their debut. Yeah,
1: so 700 have at least played here. I think it was uh, like 100 who have made it to the majors or something. I forgot what the number is, but it's oh, it's a good it, yeah, amount of people like who that, have yeah. made it to the majors.
0: If only Mike Trout had played here, he would have been a shoo-in for yeah. us. He's yeah, the yeah first I mean,
2: he's, literally, he only skipped us. Ridiculous. Yeah. Although he was, you know, (laughs) it's deserving. (laughs) He's my child, so it's understandable.
3: What I was going to say, so Pioneer League has been around since 1939. So we've definitely had a lot of players come through. So if you're in and around the Orem area, come out to a game. You never know what these guys are going to turn out to be.
1: Exactly. I think one of the questions that was asked to us that we were scrolling through social media was, who's the best player to come to or play against Orem? We listed these names, but Andrelton Simmons was a random pop-up this year. You'll get guys like Jeremiah Jackson, Will Wilson, who will probably be big leaguers at one point in their career. So. Well,
2: someone also mentioned Nolan Arenado coming through with the, with yeah. the Rockies organization back in, like, 2009. So, back when we're the I Casper mean, ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at him now. <laughs> so
1: you'll see future – this is where future big leaguers start. It's not just some random guys, but these guys will be future big leaguers. And you're guaranteed at least one or two.
2: Yeah. And that's what I love when people I, – I heard this this year. I never heard it before, but – People have to remember that the first stop to Anaheim is in Orem.
0: Exactly. It's true. It's on the way. (laughs) But just real quick, I wanted to touch on the Hall of Fame weekend. Did you guys see any of the speeches that the Hall of Famers gave? I saw Roy Holiday's wife give a pretty good one. It's a very touching, emotional one. Mm -hmm. I think Um, that was the only one I saw
1: was because – it was all over social media, and it was the one that I wanted to see was what his wife would say, what yeah. team they would pick, what was going on.
2: I, I was also – it was it was pretty cool to, to hear um, Mariano Rivera's speech about how he learned English. Did you guys hear that at all? Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I, he just talked about how, like, his teammates would kind of laugh at him when he says say stuff wrong. He's like, hey, I don't care if you laugh, but you got to correct me. And that's exactly how he learned English because he's just so willing to learn. And, I mean, that's what you see in a Hall of Famer is they just want to learn all around, and that's exactly what you saw in him in his career, too.
1: Signed by the Yankees. Uh, he played for in a $2,000. $2,000. Didn't know who the Yankees were,
2: <laughs> but he was signed by them. He threw, yeah.
1: like, what, like, nine pitches for a scout? Mm-hmm. Threw nine pitches for a scout. Signed by them for $2,000. Didn't know who they were and was planning on just going to be a fisher growing up, fisherman growing up. That's yep. where Panama, that's what he was doing growing up. So imagine that if we didn't have
0: international scouts. Yeah, so definitely a really incredible weekend we'll see what happens next year with the hall of fame all right well thank you so much that's all the time we have for this week on the owl's nest it's been a it's fun one. here it's it is baking in here yeah so i think it's time to wrap up and get out of here <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for watching we'll be back shortly next week for the next episode of the owl's nest thank you so much for joining us